Hi guys, my name is Dom and welcome back to a brand new episode on 120Hz, my podcast designed for a deeper dive into all the latest tech news stories and headlines. As always, I'm joined by Ben to create a more in-depth discussion and stuff that doesn't quite make it onto the channel. And of course, if you want to follow along, make sure you hit that follow button and you can get notified as soon as I release a brand new episode. And of course, you can connect with me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at DomTalksTech. And if you have any questions about anything in this podcast, just send me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Okay, Ben, uh, how's it going? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a while. We've uh, not done one of these in a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I mean, as I said before, it's kind of been, both been snowed under with, uh, with uni work and yeah, that's uh, definitely taken its time. Yeah, the outside uh, the outside world hasn't helped, I don't think. But um, glad to be back. Glad to uh, doing this again. And hopefully we'll maybe about a bit of a lapse towards April, I think, for both of us. But I'm sure we'll be back at it in uh, in no time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about today anyway. So at least that's something the tech news stories have not stopped coming um, in the time. Um, so, I mean, first, one of the biggest news stories that's happened in the last couple of weeks is uh, to do with Google Stadia, and uh, they always seem to be uh, in the in the headlines and in the in the limelight. But they've they've shut down the Stadia Games and Entertainment, which is their internal uh, games development, because um, they they first quoted they had like something like uh, I think it was like two hundred plus um, like first party Stadia exclusive games. Um, but obviously Stadia Games and Entertainment is no more, um, which is a real shame. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we when this first happened, um, I think we had a, a discussion about it, but to me, it seems like the reason, or, or probably hoping, the reason they're doing this is uh, a move away from first party games that they're making to maybe funding bigger third party games and um, mm. something that obviously we mentioned and that we saw recently is that fifa 21 quite big triple a game i say yep. quite big a very big triple a game um maybe they are going to move into that branch you know um i just off the top of my head at the moment you know call of duty like warzone is one it one of if not the biggest game at the moment you know for streamers and 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 content uh, as well as avid gamers as well um but are there any games that you can think of that they could be looking into maybe maybe getting on the platform um yeah i i don't know actually i think you've you've mentioned the big ones um obviously they have they've still got like loads of big games that have either been coming to Google Stadia or have come to Google Stadia, like AC Valhalla, as we talked about before, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, so all these big developers like uh, are, I mean, they, are, they obviously are keen to use Google Stadia services. And um, I just hope that Google has not pulled the plug too early. Um, and as we said before, the platform is only a year and a, a year and a few months old like it's not even a year and a half old yet so it's still in its infancy yeah it's still an infancy and I, I compared it with the nintendo switch um which came out in 2017 and at first that had very limited um games like granted okay nintendo is very very good at creating its own um games it's obviously got mario it's got loads of uh, characters that everyone knows and loves and um, so that definitely helped the nintendo switch but i uh, here we are in 2021 and nintendo switch is one of the biggest consoles um you know, outside of the main Xbox and PS4, so or PS5. So, um, you know, I just wish that, and Google has got a history actually, in all fairness, of um, starting up certain projects and then immediately as they see they can't, they're not 
working as they thought they were going to be, or uh, they're not um, performing profitably as well as they thought they were going to be. They, are, they have got a tendency of pulling the plug early. And I just think it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's a real shame actually. Cause I mean, as I said before, I've invested in Stadia from, from the, from the, from the start. Uh, and I've been a big advocate for, uh, for Google Stadium for cloud-based yeah. gaming as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I say, you're, you, you've been invested in it a while and I've, you've just got me sort of introduced to it very recently. Um, and my experience with it has been brilliant. I mean, I, I'll happily admit we have quite good Wi-Fi where I live. Um, but again, we have uh, at night we have like five people on it mm. all at once, all all doing something. Yeah. Um, and I'm quite far away from the router, and it still worked perfectly. The service is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, that might just be the Wi-Fi, etc. But still, you've got to hand it to Google that they've they've implemented a brilliant uh, idea. And I just don't understand why they're not throwing their, their full thought. Maybe, maybe this is what they're going to do. Maybe they're thinking, if we get rid of um, uh, uh, the the division that they've just let go, that maybe it will free up space for them to fund more areas. Maybe they want to fund the actual service online. You know, the the actual on like on the on Chrome on uh, etc. But I kind of I do understand why they've done it because it, it, it this is gonna this is gonna sort of set themselves up for maybe the next five years is they basically said well where do we want to go for the next five years do we want to just scrap making our own titles yeah and just fund third-party titles for the rest of time uh or do we want to make our own titles and they've clearly said well the funding to make our own titles is probably too much and i'm probably not going to get as, as much back so they've said well let's just scrap that and just stick on either basically the way i would the way i would sort of connote uh, connote it is or portray it is uh it's like the netflix of games yeah absolutely you just pay a monthly subscription yeah and then or you can pay for actual like bigger games just and then you just get them mm-hmm. i think it's a great idea i don't understand why people haven't jumped on it earlier like xbox or i know they've got the game pass but i just think it, it just does it doesn't make sense to me but i understand why they've done it yeah, and, and for the avoidance of doubt for, for any listeners who, you know, obviously have tried Google Stadia, I mean, this is without a doubt a change of business plan from Google. I mean, it's them very much saying, okay, that, that first, like, try, if you like, has not worked. And I say, I do think it's too early. I think it's too early to have done that. Um, but it's as you said, quite rightly, it's them saying, okay, any developers that now want the spare funding that we've got from our internal uh you know stadia games and entertainment hopefully that funding will then go to them because of course developers have got to want to port their games to google stadia uh, so google stadia for anyone who doesn't know runs on linux which is um it is not like uh, a lot of other platforms and it's obviously developers then got to port their games to stadia um so hopefully that 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 funding will be freed up um for that to happen um and I, I just really, I do, I do hope it's it's a success in in that way. Um, yeah, uh, just hopefully, hopefully it works. Yeah, I think it will. Um, like I say, they'd be stupid. We, I think the way we're seeing it is the way sort of optimists are seeing it. Is if yes, they've just got rid of all this, uh, this um, what, what's it called? Yeah, I always forget the name. Is it Homes Entertainment? Oh, the Stadia Games and Entertainment, yeah. 
because now they've just got rid of Stadia Games and Entertainment, um, I think optimistically we're thinking, great, that frees up so much money for them to put it into um, funding still in the Stadia sphere. Yeah. But it's Google. They've got so many different projects. They could have freed up to completely change Gmail or something stupid like that. You know, it, 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 we're being, I, th- I think we're being very optimistic, but I do think it could happen. Yeah, that's just the preface I, I would put. On and it. of course, uh, to play devil's advocate, the downside is that you know they're changing the business uh, plan so much. Um, and basically, I mean, uh, throughout, I, I would say throughout the whole journey of Stadia, they have not treated their customers with the utmost of care. Uh, in in the way that they've not communicated well enough, uh, they've not. Um, there's, there's been a lot of mistakes and that is without question yeah. it's very widely known um they've basically promised things that have not been uh given or not been um uh been sort of uh yeah f- uh, fully formed so for example uh, i don't know whether you've seen but google stadia is actually facing a class action lawsuit against um against against them um because they promised 4k 60 um, in games from the start and so th- for example in destiny 2 that was never it never ever reached 4k 60 at, at the start of the platform so someone uh, has decided to file a class act lo- uh, fast cl- class action lawsuit against uh google stadia um and I, d- I don't know whether it'll be successful i'm not sure um but that is actually in the pipeline it's, it's been gaining a lot of news um traction in the last couple of days so it's very interesting to see that that that's the case yeah um god it's i feel like that's going to happen though isn't it when you bring out these services they're going to be these sort of uh, niggling problems and then again a class action lawsuit isn't exactly a niggling problem that's quite <laughs> a big problem um however i will just say that it i understand they probably promised that but Again, it probably falls on exactly what they said. And I, I can't remember exactly what they said. Did they say, because did they not tweet about it and say something about 60, uh, 60 frames? No, and in, in, all, in all fairness, if you paid for Stadia Pro, the subscription side of it, then you were promised 4K 60. Yeah, it does say that, doesn't it, to be fair? Um, and then also 5.1 surround sound, which which was fine. No one's got an issue with that, but it took them a while for them to actually implement the 4K 60. Um, and Google are, are claiming that was the developer's pro- fault. Uh, developers are claiming that's Google's fault. So, yeah. I mean, you've got a bit of a sticking point here anyway. Um, but I, I, I think not... I think as far as I'm aware and as far as I've uh, seen in, in the news and in YouTube videos and stuff like that, uh, they have treated customers poorly, but they've yeah. also treated developers poorly as well. Um, and that goes back to, again, talking about the shutdown of, of uh, Stadia Games Entertainment. Apparently, the week before um, the email was sur- uh, circulated saying that the Stadia Games and Entertainment was going to be shut down, all the developers were apparently praised for their hard work and um, and success on, on Stadia Games and Entertainment. So something, to me, doesn't seem right. And I don't know what it is. So the week before, they got an email saying, you know, well done, congratulations, you've all worked super, super hard. And then a week later, they've said, okay, we're basically changing our business plan completely and Stadia Games and Entertainment is no more. So yeah, it, it, it's very strange. Very crosswise there, isn't it? Where one thing's been said and then another thing's been said. Um, 
I mean, we get a lot of that, don't we, with uh, uni, but we are going to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do get, I understand that. Maybe, maybe they were just a, a, an email saying, oh, well done, you know, with everything that's going on, they've just said, well done, well done, uh, keep going. <laughs> but then a week, not even a week later, to then get an email saying, actually, you guys are out of a job now because the business is no more. Yeah. I mean, apparently, uh, so again, just to 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 beef out the story, um, Stadia, I think I have actually commented on it and said that one of the reasons for the closure was because um, Microsoft bought, um, what's the, what's the, uh, Beth, Bethesda? I don't know what it's, what it's called. Bethesda. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, they, they bought, um, they bought them, them yeah, up. Yeah. So uh, that's apparently, that was, according to Stadia, that is one of the reasons why they, um, they decided to shut down the but to me that whole that's quite a big purchase that oh it is a huge purchase that, yeah. yeah but then that's apparently that's why that's why um why stadia again because i think uh that what uh bethesda was one of their partners as as on stadia as well so if obviously microsoft is as team with them they've lost quite a big developer so i don't know i mean yeah. that that is definitely you know it's going to be a uh, an interesting yeah but it just it's just it's just an interesting story. I just it's very strange to me how how it in such a short period of time the whole uh plan has has sort of fallen through. Um yeah, I mean at the moment who they got it's mainly just Ubisoft, I think. Ubisoft and, uh, and then they've EA. got EA as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean EA are obviously a very big one, but other than other than um, sort of like Battlefield and and the FIFA games, you know the mad like the sports games, they don't really bring a lot. Whereas you know Bethesda bring <laughs> Bethesda brought quite a lot. Well, they, exactly. They had big franchises as well as small titles. You know, mm. um, it's a very strange. It's it's a bit hard for Stadia at the moment, and maybe that's maybe that is why. Maybe it isn't because they were like we said. Maybe that is because that's the reason why not because they needed funding elsewhere or because they wanted to fund third party developers. Maybe that is just it. They, they, they're now solely relying on Ubisoft and becoming a Ubisoft partner and just having their games, but we would, or EA as well. Sorry. But I suppose we don't know, but I think that's the thing. We don't know, but um, to sort of soften the blow, they did say that they've still promised over a hundred new titles for 2021 so the 2021 like roadmap if you like is still as it was so nothing has changed for this year um and the games that were coming out are still going to be coming out on stadia what the problem is and the problem for me as obviously a founder of the platform and as someone who you know continue to play uh, plays on the platform is whether i still carry on funding or still carry on buying games in 2021 having not known or not knowing what is going to happen in 2022 and beyond um yeah and as we talked about before um google i mean let's let mention a couple of them uh allo which was their chat service um they've got tons of say you know they they they, they have a very good track record and say it's not a good track record. it's a bad, it's a bad track record <laughs> it's a bad track record of of starting projects and then if they've not gone quite as they expected or they've not been as profitable as they expected then they've got a history of dropping them fairly quickly um mm-hmm. but as i say i do think that's because i mean a lot of developers of like uh, were always we're very on board with Stadia from the start. They were always like, okay, yeah, we do want to uh, to port our games to Stadia. We want to have this cloud-based gaming service. Um, and 
yeah, to me, it's it seems like it's uh, it's just too early for them to it's, have dropped. It's such a brilliant idea as well. Like, I don't. It, it actually it surprises me that in a year and a half, more developers haven't thrown their money at Stadia and said mm. this is a brilliant idea. Not not developers like Microsoft who obviously live off hardware <laughs> and Sony. Um, but more like Ubisoft, Bethesda, like we've just mentioned, because, you know, those developers, it probably helps them more. They don't have to worry about formats, you know, small issues where they need to for Microsoft and, and Sony. Yeah. Um, and it just, it surprised me because it's such a good idea. Street, like I can play, I, I, I do have a, a pro, the MacBook Pro, but there's no way I'd be able to play AC Valhalla on my, on my laptop to yeah. a good standard. Yeah. And I can do that on Stadia and it's brilliant. And it does no no hiccups whatsoever. And I just think it's ridiculous. It surprises me so much that more people haven't got behind it. But I suppose it's like the early infancy of Netflix where Netflix didn't actually have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. It had a very limited library. And I think that's probably what, what's happening with Stadia. But maybe that means that like Netflix in a couple of years, we might see a boost. Yeah, but you've got to remember though, Ben. It's like Netflix did stick at it, whereas True. again, I to me, I don't, I don't know. I think I feel like there is so many problems that have been in the pipeline throughout Stadia. Um, as I said, communication to customers, but I also think communication to developers is a problem as well. Yeah. Um. So, for example, I can't remember the exact game. I think it was an indie game. Um, it was a really funny story actually. I saw um just this news story pop up on my on my feed. Uh, it said that. They were they were literally trying. Oh, actually, that it wasn't a, it wasn't a small indie game. It was uh, Terraria, like the you know the like. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently, they got Google locked them out of their Google account, so they couldn't continue making Terraria for for Stadia. <laughs> so so literally, they they were they were in in the middle of making the game for uh, for Stadia, and and Google locked them out of their their developer account for the platform. So again, oh, again, it does. Mental. It boils down to I just think the communication has been appalling. Yeah, it has. Yeah, and I've never. I've always thought that though with with big companies, their their communication has always been awful. Um, uh, well, no, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, and no, because I think Apple, Apple's communication is outstanding. Mm, I true. mean, absolutely outstanding. I've had some really, uh, so I've had a, a various issues recently. Again, this is going into like other stuff. Like, I mean, I, I ended up dropping my iPad Pro um, and getting a crack down the middle, but um, I got it fixed with Apple and like the communication was like absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, same with, uh, I, I ordered an, like an Apple Watch and like, um, that uh there was really like significant problems with delivery um ups which is definitely not in my good books at the minute um had some like major I, I they just wouldn't deliver the parcel for whatever reason like they just kept hold of it it kept getting delayed um but anyway like basically i basically i went i went back to apple obviously um with the, comp- the company i ordered it from and like every single time i spoke to their customer service it was genuinely incredible like they mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were talking about they didn't give me any rubbish or any messing around and yeah. like i think it, again it's just it, i think that's another i want to talk about this in a podcast because like it, it really does make your um your experience, experience of, yeah. of of a of a um 
uh, of a company better. And it makes me want to, I mean, you know, invest in these particular companies because I know what I'm getting out of it or what I'm getting afterwards is going to be really good. Um, so, yeah. you know, I mean, I've always had, I've always had good experiences with Apple. When I bought this laptop and ha- switching over from my old laptop, mm-hmm. um, cause I bought it November, I think it was. Yeah. It was when so it first I, came out, wasn't it? The yeah. So I have stuff on there that has to be deleted because mm-hmm. of, um, uni for placement. Yeah. Um, so I had to make sure that got over there and just, you know, talking to them being like, how do I, I want to move it over. I mean, I know how to do it, but I want to make sure that everything would obviously be gone once I sent the, the laptop back to Apple. Cause that's what I traded in. Yeah. Perfect. They'd sent me a, a literally a step-by-step walkthrough yeah. and the video of how to do it. And yeah. then said, if you have any troubles, like I'll just stay here, do it now, you know, on the, on the chat. Yeah, uh, and they were perfect. Did it in about ten minutes. But like issues like that, which are quite serious issues, which I had to have done, and they were just so helpful. So it was seamless. So I, I can't say a bad word against Apple on that on that factor. Yeah, I, I think it is. It, it as I say, it does just make your whole experience just uh, so much better. Um, uh, every like every time, as you said, they're very very knowledgeable, and they'll actually stay on the phone with you, like to walk you through it. Like if you've got any issues, like they're constantly just trying to make sure that your experience is the best it can be. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know, obviously, is that that's something that Apple pride themselves on is their customer service, their yeah. customer care. Um, it's not called the Genius Bar for nothing, is it? No, exactly. The Genius Bar doesn't definitely does live up to its name. And, uh, you know, this is going back like a couple of years now. I had problems with my MacBook and I went in. I literally spent over an hour with the guy at the Genius Bar. Like he didn't have to stay with me to like figure it out, but he was puzzled by the problem itself as well and just stayed with me and actually, you know, fixed the problem. Yeah, um, they're brilliant. So again, I think it boils down to customer, you know, customer communication. Apple, whatever it may be, Google, um, to have better customer communication and, and customer communication, but also developer or partner communication as well, I think yeah. is, is absolutely fundamental and is absolutely key. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, went off on a little bit of a tangent now. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> we? We were passionate about that issue. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very passionate. Well, we both use it, don't we? We both use Stadia. So there's a reason why we want to know why this isn't working. Sorry, I'm just putting my laptop on charge. Um, <laughs> don't want it dying. Uh, there's a reason why we, we we are so into it. It's because we do use it and it's a brilliant service and we want to see it successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the other big stories that we've uh, obviously seen in the last week or so is uh, NASA's Perseverance landed on Mars very successfully, in fact. A very different type of tech, some would say. Yeah, well, a different type of tech, but obviously this podcast is all all filled uh, with uh, all the latest uh, tech, well, tech news stories and also just, you know, other, other news stories that are related to tech, perhaps. Um, yeah. So and this is highly related to tech. Yeah, absolutely. It's taken, you know, years for them to develop Perseverance and obviously uh, engineer it. But then also it's it's a seven month journey to Mars. So um, this is seven months on, which is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Who'd, who'd have thought, eh? Who knows, maybe uh, Elon will be taking us to Mars sooner than we thought. <laughs> well, he needs to get SpaceX to work uh, work before. Uh... <laughs> so, so, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. Elon, if, you, if you're listening. <laughs> 
I've seen way too many of those compilation videos that are by SpaceX of their boosters just completely crashing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, they, they, and that's the thing. It's like like thousands of millions of pounds just like literally blown up there and then. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they just try and make a lovely little joke about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is awful. But I mean, how incredible that you know this this rover is going to be on Mars for the next. Uh, I think it's next decade or next the next. 10 years it's going to be yeah. but it's collecting samples over the next two years and it, i don't know whether you've seen but it's it, the engineering is absolutely incredible it's got it's basically the, the the biggest uh um like feat of tech engineering that's ever you know that's ever happened on a rover yeah uh, the tools it's got are amazing so the way it drills into rocks it collects rock samples and the rock samples basically go into the rover itself and it almost they, they call it like poop, pooping out the samples and it poops out the samples and basically drops them on on the surface of mars um okay. and so obviously perseverance is not going to be able to bring them back to earth but the next mission from nasa is another rover or not sorry another um rover to go to mars to basically collect the samples and then bring them back to earth for testing and i believe that's going to happen within the next two years um uh so that's that's basically the the, the, the mission after perseverance but um, perseverance is going to be you know roaming around collecting samples and obviously looking for previous life hopefully uh, meeting uh, some martians yeah meeting some martians on the way uh, this could be the first time that we've you know we've discovered life outside of our planet which i just mm. think is incredible yeah even if it ends up being like um have you ever seen the movie life with i uh, haven't no oh it, i mean it's a horror film but um it's not that it's more of a thriller really basically they find alien a life form on a comet right it, it gets taken to the international space station <laughs> and then it just grows to be this like weird like um what are those plants called that eat things? What are they called? Oh, like um, like fly traps, Venus fly like traps. Fly trap. Yeah. To me, it looks like a Venus fly trap, but like an alien version. And it basically just kills everyone on the International Space Station. Um, but it's a brilliant film. You should watch it. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, it for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to give it a go. Sounds like <laughs> those. Sounds like those things from Stranger Things. You've seen Stranger Things, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yes. They, like, I know the, what you mean. The face, like, oh, yeah, is a the dog a... things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah. But it doesn't have arms and legs. It's like a snake. Okay. And it just sort of flies along because obviously, um, minimizes gravity in the International Space Station. But, um, but yeah, it's a brilliant film. You should watch it. I'll have to ask you give it a go. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get one like that. I was only joking. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a good start. Um, what are we now? Fourth probe to Mars now? Fourth uh, rover to Mars, I think this is. Yeah, Curiosity was the last one in 2013. Maybe yeah. later, I think. Yeah, something like I think that. it was a little bit later, was it? Or 2015. Something, it's something like that, yeah. Should we have a look? Um, but then, yeah, the uh, the other thing that which is which is incredible, as you say, for I think it is, I think it's pretty pretty short. It is for, um, but the the other thing is that the fact that they've managed to um, navigate the rover to the exact crater. So if anyone's read around the story, they where Perseverance has landed is an old. Uh, it was a massive massive crater, um, mm. which. Uh, used to contain water, uh, obviously billions of years ago. And where there's where there's water, um, there's usually signs of of, of life. Um, so that's where the rover Perseverance has landed. Um, and on previous missions, they've never managed to get it as accurate 
as, as to pinpoint the exact point. So each one, yeah. if, you, if you look at the diagrams, they've like there's a massive, massive uh, circle, and and Perseverance has managed to land exactly within this crater. And of course, what that does is shave off loads and loads of time um, yeah. to because it doesn't have to it doesn't have to drive to the exact location. Um, so it, it basically, as soon as it's landed, it it can um, it, it can mm. can start exactly. looking for previous life forms. So it landed actually earlier. It landed. It took off on the twenty sixth of November two thousand eleven and landed uh, okay. in August two thousand twelve. Oh right, so it is early. That was curiosity, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it only it only managed to travel fifteen miles as of the thirtieth of January because it has a max speed of zero point one four kilometers per hour. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So I think that they were talking about the the perseverance because the, the, that's the reason they want to land it in an exact location, is because it takes so long for them to drive around that um, it obviously needs to land where it where you're going to do your research because otherwise it's going to take you know so many more years takes two years to get there <laughs> yeah well exactly yeah exactly um so so yeah but it's a as neil armstrong once said it's a well no it's not one small step for mum because it's a rover but it's that yeah basically yeah <laughs> we're, we're closer and closer to existential travel well, in, in space aren't we so. well they do say that the first person to go to mars is alive today which, you know, that's an, yeah. inc- that's an incredible... Uh... I was thinking of past then. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I've clearly not met this astronaut or heard of this astronaut. So. Yeah, no, no. So the, pe- the person who is the first person to go to Mars in the future is, is now alive today, which, um, yeah, is really exciting. Mm, but is it, will it be a one-way trip? That's the question. Well, I mean, phew. Let's, let's hope let's hope not if, if covid's still around maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the plan <laughs> yeah maybe that maybe covid maybe should have kicked people into gear to get us up there faster yeah yeah exactly yeah never never mind the vaccine let's let's go to mars <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i think it's a it's an interesting um i'm, I'm glad it's happened Which question is when's the, I, that's all i want to know now when are they planning on getting us getting people there yeah well, I mean, fun fact for you: it takes twelve minutes to uh, send communication uh, to Mars and back again. So, actually, the wow. Perseverance landing, um, obviously, the rover had already well and truly landed by the time the signal got all the way back to Earth. So, oh, that's, yeah. that's quite it's quite cool. Uh, twelve minutes to get to uh, twelve minutes to get to Mars. You know what? Weirdly, I think I did actually know that because in just a uh, thing. In the Martian, you know the film The Martian with Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, I'm sure in that film, um, she says when they go and save him, um, can we do anything from here in um in Houston? And she says no because it takes 12 minutes for them to talk to us, so we it take 24 minutes to get them a solution. Yeah. Um, and it was and that's always stuck with me. But yeah, I mean it takes. Yeah. Honestly, exactly is, it, it, yeah. is it eight minutes for the sun for the light from the sun to get to us? Isn't it? It's 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 crazy. It just shows the, the distance between planets and everything. But yeah, no, it's, it is fascinating. It's fascinating. We think we've gone a bit beyond tech, tech now, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, just to rein us back in, if you like, <laughs> uh, we've got the iPad Pro uh, refresh for 2021, which is just around the corner. Um, so the iPad's going to be, or well, the new iPad Pro is going to be announced in March. 
and it's rumored to come with a micro LED display, which um, obviously takes us away finally from Apple using um, LCD displays on the iPad, which I mean is to me is the only is the literally the only downside to using an iPad is the fact it has got an LCD display still. So of course, if you're not familiar, an LCD display still needs a backlight to work. So you can't individually light each pixel. Um, and a micro LED display takes it a step further. It's even better as you can uh, you can then uh, the, the, the pixels are a lot smaller and you can individually light the LEDs better. So um, you don't need that, that, back, that backlight as such. So it should look a lot better. The black should look a lot blacker and obviously the color should pop uh, more like, like they would on an OLED display. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, the rumor is that the the actual design of the iPad is gonna is gonna be relatively similar to the iPad 2020 um, with its camera module on the back. Obviously, it's squared off design. Um, hopefully, I mean this is again not confirmed, but hopefully we'll get the A14X chip in this iPad, and um, which of course is the chip that's in the iPhone 12 lineup from last year. It might not be the uh, the a14x it might be the a13x but uh but we'll see we'll see we'll see in march um as to what apple announces yeah i i've i mean we've not i've not used an ipad in quite a long time actually uh we used to have an i think we still have an ipad here actually but it's like 2013 or something like that and it was just a family ipad but it's nice to see them refreshing it i think they've they announced as well they're they've like officially announced they're refreshing the 14 inch MacBook as well, haven't they? It's not, it's not, it's not official, it's still a rumor, but um, okay. it's pretty much in a it's it's a fairly um, it's a fairly solid room. It's come from a lot of uh, like Minchi Co., which is a really reliable um, Apple leaker. Uh, John Prosser is another one, um, and they've they've all confirmed that we're going to get it's uh, probably the A1X chip, it's going to be called, um, which is a slightly faster chip. Uh, from the m1 which we saw last year which of course is already a really fast chip um but it's going to be in a, in the new macbook pro uh, lineup with a new design and the new design is going to be of course inspired by the iphone 12 uh, lineup as well as the ipad pro lineup with a very which a much more much more squared off design um than we've got at the minute with a screen that should hopefully uh, be closer to uh, um less less bezels basically um because yeah. that's still a that's still a big problem on the macbook so you've got huge bezels around the side still um yeah. uh, and uh maybe well there, there was a rumor for face id i'm not sure whether that's going to be a thing or whether they're still going to keep with touch id but um i mean i don't mind touch id on the, on the mac i mean i suppose it makes sense because i was i was thinking with with the iphones especially with masks and wearing masks in shops now it, touch ID probably makes more sense on the iPhones at the moment than it does Face ID, but then Face ID probably makes more sense on MacBooks than it does Touch ID, because with a Mac, when you open it, the camera is just immediately looking at you, and you're not likely to be wearing a mask, really, are you? I no. suppose if you're in a library or something at the moment, but still. Well, Where Touch ID, you've like I know it sounds really lazy, but if if your laptop's at the other side of the desk, yeah, and you it- just opened it, and you're like. Oh, now I'm going to open it. I know it sounds really stupid and lazy, but just no, it is. It's more yeah. conv- it is more convenient, isn't it? And that is that's, which is what they're know. going for. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it works so well on the iPad as well. Um, because of course on the on the iPhone you have to have it in uh like portrait orientation. Whereas when yeah. when when with the iPad you can use it in portrait or landscape. Like the Face ID is better on the iPad. So if yeah. they, if they implement the same um Face ID tech into the new MacBook lineup, then that should be pretty good. Yeah. No. Um. I. I, I mean. I, if I had the money, I'd probably get one. <laughs> I don't up, have the money. <laughs> up, upgrade just after a year, Ben. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, apparently my computer's already obsolete by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, honestly, the, the, yeah, definitely. The, M, the M1 uh, MacBooks are, are here to stay, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I, it does me justice. I get a lot of stuff done. Although, actually, coming back to it, about two days ago, this might be a Microsoft thing, um, actually. But is it to do with OneDrive by any chance? No, it's to do with Microsoft Word. Actually, it's just to do with Microsoft Office just in general. Okay. All right. uh, I tried to uh, open Microsoft Word and have it on my hotbar. And the icon, you know, the fancy new icon that they released a few years ago, just randomly decided to turn to a Apple folder. Oh. That said Microsoft.app. Uh, backup.exe or something like that um, and then when you try to open it nothing happened so obviously I have a lot of stuff on for uni on my laptop um, I had to completely delete uh, Microsoft Office off my laptop completely uninstall it and then obviously we get it through uni anyway so I had mm. to reinstall it from uni that definitely <laughs> to me sounds like it's way more of a Microsoft problem than it is an Apple problem because uh, do, do they have is there an is the new Office and M one um, optimized app or is it not? Is it still? I think like- so. It's it either from what I remember, it was a while ago. But I I either downloaded in uh, an update or yeah. I think Rosetta two did something for it when I first had to open it up. But what I will say is obviously saying that it was a Microsoft issue. Mm. Then after I reinstalled it. I've never not had any issues with anything and my mouse just decided to disappear or like it was at the bottom left of my screen. But then when I was moving it around, it was like hovering over stuff, but my mouse was still at the bottom left. It was really weird. Mm. Um, so I had to completely restart my laptop. Luckily everything was still there and it's completely fine now. And that was, when was that? Friday, Friday, or maybe a bit earlier than Friday. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's fine now, but, yeah that's that is interesting I, I, uh, yeah because I, I thought i thought the office suite had been updated to the um well an optimized m1 version like, so it wasn't going through a rosetta anymore but whether maybe it's because you had the old rosetta 2 version still Possibly. and it then wasn't supported by the new m1 optimized version because that could be the reason i don't know what, what i will say was i think it was the day after the new big Sur update was available so uh, okay since then i've not had any issues so maybe who, who knows it's completely fine now so i'm not going to probe into what it was yeah well um, there we go but but yeah uh it was very strange just thought yeah mm. don't know what it was but very interesting so um obviously we can't have a, a tech podcast without talking about uh tesla electric cars uh you know the the future of driving um, my favorite part of the podcast shall we oh, say absolutely yeah <laughs> So, um, Ben, do you want to talk us through one of the tech headlines that we've seen this week? Well, if we go more electric vehicle 
Okay, electric vehicle. As a a, a title, I suppose. Um, Ford have very recently just announced, obviously in the UK, just we'll just preface this, in the UK by 2030, all car manufacturers have to have brand new cars as electric. They can't have any petrol or diesel cars selling as new um, by 2030. But Ford have just announced that they that they plan i think this is ford in america mm-hmm. um they plan on having all passenger cars electric by 2030 so in line with the uk regulations but in america i believe i think but obviously ford is quite big over here yeah um but i think they're, they're expanding that worldwide and uh, and they're taking that to the us at the moment that, that was the news headline i saw the other day brilliant headline it's good to see that the UK regulations are clearly, or it's either the UK regulations or EU regulations. It is, um, the, it is the UK regulations. Is, is it the UK regulations. ones? Yeah. I suppose we aren't in the EU anymore, are we? So, um, but yeah, I think it's good to see that it's rubbing off on the world. Uh, it's a great step towards uh, climate change, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Um, and as always, I mean, we've, we have like dived really deep into this before. So I mean, I think if you want to go and listen to more in depth, I think episode four or five of the podcast, we talked, I mean, a lot more in depth about uh, what needs to happen to really make electric cars, cars uh, widespread. But um, going back to that, and just to reiterate that, of course, what needs to happen is we need to get some like big, uh, infrastructure or it needs to it we need to improve the um the charging capabilities of electric cars because at the minute it's still really really poor Uh, even to the fact that you there's so many stories of people driving up to like i mean tesla for example you can't use superchargers tesla superchargers with any other electric cars like they only work teslas um but there's still like very far and few between of of the tesla supercharger things and sometimes because teslas are getting more and more popular they're all full because there's only like four or five of them at each place and if you're there for like three hours you're not going to wait for someone to charge for three hours and then have to charge yours for three hours so yeah because i I mean i looked on when i was looking at them because i i had a bit of a moment where i thought i'll go and have a look at um how much they are uh and I'm trying to think how I did it. There was like an app uh, and it shows you all of the Tesla chargers. Yeah. Um, I think ZapMap or something. Yeah, something like that. They've, they've got a few, I think. Yeah. And near in the northwest is where we live. Mm-hmm. There's two in Manchester. Two, two? Like, like supercharger areas. Not, is there, not is there other? So there's only, there's only two electric chargers. Only, like. only two Tesla ones, sorry. Let me oh, right. have that. Okay. Only two Tesla ones. Um, that might be wrong. Um, it may have just been the map was wrong, but I'm sure it was about a couple of weeks ago when I had a look. I because I thought there's no way that's right. No, I think it, you probably are because if you if you do look at the map and I think th- all you have to do is go and Google like where super like electric vehicle charges are in the UK. Um, all of them, or the majority of them, are obviously down south at uh, London areas. And then, as soon as you go further up north, you then start like they're far and few in between. Which I mean, that's going to be a huge problem if 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 you know they want all new vehicles to be electric by twenty thirty, then that has to change somehow. You know, whether that be Tesla working with other manufacturers or other manufacturers working together to then increase the amount of um, charges available. 
I mean, it's it's going to become a real problem if that. that... Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find who it was. Um, I watched a video and he did like a thousand mile road trip. Uh, is it this guy? I think it was this guy. Oh, no. Uh, and he showed what what map does he use? Here we go. A better route planner. Here we go. Yeah. Let me show you. Let me have a look. Because I think it's ridiculous, to be honest. If there's if there's like three or something like that in well, the northwest, I, I know why. One of one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Ali Abdul, um, he did a uh, road trip in Scotland with his new Tesla, and he didn't he didn't realize I that. I actually watched that video. Yeah, I know which one yeah, you're about. yeah. So like, he didn't realize that um, in Scotland, or it wasn't basically wasn't told. Well, no one told uh, him that. There wasn't that many Tesla chargers or Tesla superchargers. And then the chargers that were already in existence in Scotland, you had to have a like physical card for them. And they obviously didn't have the physical card for them. So like that, that creates major problems. And of course, you then don't have enough uh, battery left to get to each of the chargers. So it just creates like so many problems. Do you want to know how many there are in Scotland? Go on. 11. 11 in the whole of Scotland in the whole of Sco- Tesla ones in the whole of Scotland there's 11 and there's two that are within a mile of each other in Edinburgh <laughs> yeah so that that really does need sorting out as a major so let me have a look at the northwest so around Manchester yeah you've got four one in Stockport one just outside of Warrington in a place called Stretton um I think that's no, it's not Lim. Uh, one near St Helens and one all the way up near Chorley. So that isn't even really Manchester anymore. Yeah, and this is the thing. This goes back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago with um, the mileage on Teslas. Um, obviously, all, all, all electric cars is still relatively low, so it maxes out at like something like three hundred miles on a single charge, um, which is still it's still really low and then you've got to pay a significant amount to actually get access to that mileage. So that's the, you know, if you're doing a big road trip or you need to get from A to B and there's not all these charges on the way, you know, you are running into serious problems. So it is something that really does need, uh, does need solving. Yeah. Well, just looking at Sheffield, there's two, and I want you to say that in Sheffield, Mm. one's, in Killer Marsh, which is just south. Yeah. And then the other one, where's the other one gone? Is like halfway to Barnsley. Yeah, so it's not even... In, in fact, it's closer to Barnsley than it is to Sheffield. So really, if you're in Sheffield and you've got a Tesla, then, you know, good luck. <laughs> Obviously, I suppose you they do say, don't they, they have the, um, the three-prong thing, so you, you can charge it just from an outlet. But yeah it takes ages it takes like it takes over you have to go use it overnight really yeah yeah so so again that's that's done a, a major problem i think uh, yeah it just it all needs really does need sorting out and thinking about um yeah and then the final thing that i thought we would talk about and of course it's been making major news headlines um throughout the week is is uh is is Facebook uh, the well, I, I called it the the Australian Facebook scandal. Um, so of course this is where that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is, and this is where basically Australians woke up 
um, I believe it was one day last week, woke up and basically they couldn't access their news feed on Facebook. Um, it was coming up blank. And this, I mean, Facebook did warn uh, Australia that they were going to do this, but this is basically as a result of proposed laws um, in Australia that makes uh, platforms like Facebook, uh, they would need to pay for media content that is provided to them, um, which to me, that makes somewhat sense. If you're making content for a platform and that content is, you know, obviously being shared and being interacted with on the platform, then I think it's fair and it's right to possibly, and maybe not all, you know, obviously not all of the, the like some smaller uh, media creators, maybe maybe not. But um, yeah, I do think it's uh, it's weird how they just pulled out pulled out of Australia immediately. And also the problem was, is they also pulled the COVID um, news as well or, or on, on Facebook. And of course that is how pe some people access uh, COVID guidelines and COVID news. And apparently, yeah. I mean, Facebook Rightly did or wrongly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, Facebook did apologize for this and they said they didn't intentionally mean to pull out, uh, sorry, to, 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 to get rid of all the COVID um, guidelines, but suppose the way i look at it is they are technically a private company yeah they can um, do what they want yeah. they can do what they want uh they can choose whether or not they can't be forced to um operate in a country where i mean just as a sort of extreme you don't see them operating in north korea i mean that's because north korea don't allow any internet but they're not like oh well, let's go and try and operate in north korea they're not going to choose to go to these places where they're going to incur costs that they don't want to pay well it's, exactly yeah it's, it's the whole point that it's a business after all it's not uh, a government regulated authority um yeah. obviously because i mean I, yeah i just i, I don't understand i understand why they've pulled out and people complaining that it's all oh, big brother doesn't want you to have a have have a know what's going on in the world in australia that's not true it's just it's a business yeah decision and they were just like well it's not worth us paying it yeah i can guarantee they were paying an absolute fortune for it because they're a big company yeah um in my opinion don't i don't get why they've done it though because it's only still proposed it's still proposed law it's not even it's not like full legislation well, yet yeah there's that it's a proposed law and also they could just the money that they're paying for they could easily just make through ad revenue on those news articles yeah surely well, well exactly and that's how they do because i mean you've already got the increase of um i mean i, I still remember when they facebook like the, the scandal where they first added um adverts to videos but mm. now there's sometimes like sometimes you even get two adverts like two three adverts per video yeah so it's like i mean you would you would have thought the ad revenue from that is would sort of counteract the yeah exactly the they had to pay for, for 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 media content um just to play devil's advocate, though, um, do you think that this sort of proves or demonstrates that companies such as Facebook um, perhaps have too much power or too much influence, maybe? Yes, but they only have too much power over the public. They clearly don't have a lot of power with actual authorities like the government, because if they had actual power over the, the government, then they would either be getting it for free or this law would never have been proposed. Mm. So I think it's one of those, like what would happen if Twitter just decided to disappear? People's people would go into uproar 
Yeah, because again, um, uh, people do use it as a newsfeed platform because you've got things yeah. that are trending. Um, you know, you can easily basically see what's popular at that period. I say that getting news from Twitter is quicker than getting it from regular outlets now. Like I oh, can yeah. get, I can go on Twitter and see something's trending. Yeah, and it, it happened maybe twenty minutes ago, and then wait another hour to find out from Sky News yeah. or um, BBC News. And yeah. It, it, that's just the thing is that people are, people are faster because it's less regulated. Yeah, and sometimes you see the things trending before they even happen as well, because yeah. then when they do happen, then you then get it immediately. Um, so for example, I mean, for example, obviously, like the whole like in the UK, for example, the lockdown uh, or out of lockdown roadmap that was announced yesterday, like it was all it was all provided like earlier on via Twitter and all those news feeds because even yeah. news reporters from, as you said, BBC, from Sky News, they've all got Twitter. They've all got access to a Twitter. Yeah. So what do they do? They just tweet it out beforehand and then it gets actually published on their their own websites. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw it as a leak. I saw it as a bit of a leak uh, through the, um, I forgot what his title is. His name's Sasha Lord. He's the uh, night, the nighttime and like bar. Um, oh, what well, I forgot what you call it. Basically he, he, he like advocates for all the uh, nightclubs in Manchester. He owns, or he used to own um, the warehouse project, the warehouse projects and all that. Okay, so he's he's quite big in the, the hospitality industry, basically. He has a title, I can't remember what it is. Um, but he he was obviously in on some meetings for the hospitality lot, and uh, he basically le- not leaked it because it was going to be leaked anyway through the Times. But he was like, "This is the roadmap," uh, and was like, "Blah blah blah." I think he was off maybe by like a month for some things, mm-hmm. but that was twenty four hours earlier than everybody yeah, else, yeah. and it's like that was off Twitter, so. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? It is, um, you know, but because we are a society now that likes to have everything at our fingertips and we like to know everything that is going to happen and has happened immediately. Mm. Um, I mean, it's both both a curse and a blessing all at the same time. Yeah. So just he is the nighttime economy advisor for Greater Manchester. Okay. And the co-founder of the Warehouse Project and Park Life. Yeah. So the festival... But yeah, I mean, the news, the news has become a lot faster. Um, obviously, that breeds misinformation as well, because yeah. people jump on the bandwagon. But um, I understand why they've pulled out of Australia. Back to the story as a, as a whole, yeah, it just makes sense yeah. because Australia are, are making them are going to make them incur costs that they clearly don't want to incur. So just pull yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but rightly or wrongly, I don't. In a way, it's a bit like third-party pressure, though, because them pulling out is probably going to make Australia government go, oh, well, maybe we don't implement this law because uh, our constituents won't vote for us because we voted on this law and now but, they can't use Facebook. So but, then like, again, but then again, you know, it comes down to the power of, of businesses that do have that, that amount of influence in countries, which, yeah, you know, but as you say, they're a private company. So, of course, of course, they can do it if they want to. This would be completely different if it was the US. I'm just going to say that because they were taken to con- they were taken to the Senate anyway, and he was um, he was interrogated basically in the Senate, wasn't he, over um, data points, the data points being collected. Mm. I remember watching the funny videos of 
old congressman try and, try and ask him about Apple. And he was just like, I work for Facebook. Go and ask <laughs> Tim Cook. But yeah. Okay. And uh, I think that's pretty much all we have time for today. Um, hopefully it's been a pretty informative, a pretty intellectual and uh, conversation and podcast. I think we've, we've covered quite a few interesting topics today, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, we've, we've crammed quite a lot of, of, of information into, I don't know how long that was. Um, I think uh, it's been a while though, hasn't it? It's like we said at the beginning. So there was always going to be a lot for us to talk about. Uh, hopefully there'll be more in the coming months and we can have some more, more conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, like the content doesn't just stop on the podcast or the videos and you can follow me on social media at Dom Talks Tech and that's on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and of course, we'll just be happy to answer any, any questions or anything that you kind of want to ask about. Um, but uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following the podcast um, and then you'll get notified, of course, when we release a brand new episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one.